All right. Hello, and welcome to another episode of RAN. We booked it. Today, we're starting off with a new series titled, If Only They Had Therapy. Yes. <laughs> yes, and we will be talking about book characters and uh, how their experiences in their stories um, may have caused them to possibly need <laughs> therapy. Just, just a little bit of therapy. Just a little bit. A little bit. Um, and yeah, we're not claiming to be like counselors or therapists or anything. Absolutely this not. This is uh, just us having... Uh, are we having fun with this? I'm having... I had so much fun with this. But before we get started, like, check out our Instagram, because on stories, like, on the stories, on the, Insta- on the Instagram, I posted when I was working on this episode how my classes aligned and how I was having way too much fun with this and put in just really just too much effort, I think. But um, not too much. I thought it was so fun to go through this. Like, I pulled up all of... I pulled up my class resources and I'd be like, okay, so what do they need this? Okay. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this. Check out our Instagram for little fun stuff like that. Because it shows up every once in a while. Rose posted a book haul at some point. I did. You compared you and your boyfriend's uh, <laughs> kinds of books. Oh yeah, reading styles. Yeah. I picked the Shatter Me series, (laughs) Um, which I think is funny because I've talked about how it's not my favorite series. Maybe it's because the characters needed therapy. Yeah, maybe. I thought because, like, I didn't like it. it. Me not liking it has kind of helped me remember it better in a weird way. And all of all of my complaints about these characters just helped me write this. So, shatter me. So the characters that I picked, Juliet Ferrars, who at the beginning of the series, she's been in jail for almost a year because if she touches anyone, she can kill them. That's not Then we fair. have, no, <laughs> it's That's not. just not fair. We're gonna put you in jail for something you can't control. <laughs> Yeah, we can't deal with this anymore. So, goodbye. Adios. <laughs> then we have Adam Kent, who is like... He helps her get out of jail and is her like original love interest. And his younger brother, James Kent. And then we have Adam Warner who is the antagonist for like the first half of the series but oh no it just everything that he's ever done just happens to look bad he's but it's never (laughs) actually been bad it just happens to look bad yeah yeah it's just all a misunderstanding i i dress juliet in these skimpy clothes because that's how the simulation had to work uh, anyways. That is a very bad excuse. It's so annoying. And then we have Kenji Kishimoto, who is like the comedic relief, friends with Adam. Um, 
and Juliet. Juliet and Kendra are like best friends. And nice. uh, yeah, I think he has like the power to go invisible or something. So yeah, I think that's uh, about the rundown of these characters. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I chose the Keeper of the Lost City series. Um, and I have a note I'm, for everything I said. I I treated most of them as if they were adults and didn't really focus on, like, more kid-adjusted therapies. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I also mentioned how it could have prevented future problems or helped with them, them with dealing with future problems. Um, so, yeah, so I, of course, went with the main character, Sophie. Uh, I kind of just went as, like, the main group. Um, plus some characters I liked. So I went with Sophie, Fitz, uh, Brianna, Kife, and Dex. And those are like, that's like the main five there. Like, they're always together. They're the ones that like do all this work and stuff like that. And then I added uh, Edeline and Grady just because I love them and I want the best for them. So I wanted to give them therapy so they could be, uh, be able to better cope and just maybe live a happier life because they deserve it yeah <laughs> i just i just i want them to be happy i think i want to start with james <laughs> he's the youngest of this group of characters that i have and he's like 10 or 11 a so, what uh yeah no, this poor baby. Yeah, this poor kid has been through a lot. Oh, no. He's seen some people die, and so... Oh, my. I decided trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, like therapy for children who have PTSD, would mm-hmm. be good. <laughs> um, Because... <laughs> Boy, someone just gave think... him a hug. Yeah, he he needs some help. I I think he functions well in in society, but society isn't like you know how we how we have it here. It's like everyone else also has PTSD. I think so. Of course, he function functions okay in a group of people who are exactly like him. Um, so I thought talk therapy would be good, um, especially in a way that's geared towards kids his age. And I know he wouldn't do activities that are meant for little kids, like coloring and playing with toys and stuff. Cause he's like, he's been forced to grow up. And in the books, he actually makes a point of saying he's, I'm, he's saying like he's 10 and a half. So he um, is closer to 11. You know, he's trying to put himself off as being a grown-up, essentially. Oh, at 11, um, how cute. Yeah. <laughs> so I can understand right, why. He's, he's excellent. Yes. All right. Anyways, so he, he likes to... Uh, he likes to appear older than he is. And I can understand that because he's seen a lot... <laughs> Um, he's had a lot of trauma happen in his life and then also near the end of the series all of a sudden we find out that he happens to have self-healing powers and so I think this 
discovery needs to be addressed because where did it come from? <laughs> oh, why? Why was he hiding? Was he? Was he hiding that? Why did we find out so late in the series? I don't know. <laughs> was that author error? Maybe. But yeah. I just That's worry, like, my, my first thought was, what if they make him do the dangerous things because he can heal, but he's just a baby. He's <laughs> just a baby. He's just a baby. Yeah. No, they, they do their best to keep him out of harm's way. Good. And they actually, when they find out that he can self-heal, they um, take him to, like, these two twins who are, like, basically their medical team and can heal people and have him work with them to see like can he transfer his powers to other people and potentially heal them not only him like himself so yeah hmm. interesting yeah uh, that's okay. all i have i hope he's okay <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if any of them are okay, sure. you know? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, I'm going to start with Edelan and Grady because there's kind of, there's what I give them is a bit separate from everyone else. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I said uh, they definitely needed grief counseling prior to the series, uh, to the start of the series. They had a daughter named Julie and she died in a fire. Um, mm. And elves rarely die of they don't die of natural causes so when they die it's often an unnatural cause um which is very hard and so they r literally retreated from the world um i said like they would have been able to come out of their shells more slowly and not retreat from society for over a decade um they would have been also like able to like better support themselves um in a world that doesn't know how to deal with death especially sudden tragic death um because it was really hard. Like, they were very prominent in society. Um, and then their daughter dies, and they absolutely retreated. Like, it was so... Like, they kind of, like... It's hard because um, throughout the series, you still see them, like, struggle with it. Like, you can see they still have Jolie's room all set up. Like, it really hasn't been touched. And then as it develops, like, you realize, like they still have stuff from uh from when they were planning her wedding um and like it takes them it takes them multiple books it's multiple books into the series before they finally like start going through jolie's room and like putting things away or like getting rid of stuff that they don't need anymore like finally started to like close that chapter like um their grief makes it really hard for them to be parents to Sophie at first um, when she's being like fostered by them essentially um, they're on their way to like adopting her and then there's a part in the first book towards the end where Sophie accidentally um, reads uh, one of the letters that they're given from like the council and it's about um, them canceling her adoption because it's just mm. hard for them to have like another child in the house you know and they like Sophie kind of looks like Jolie like they both have like blonde hair so that's it's kind of hard to see like 
a person living in your house that can kind of remind you of a ghost of someone you once knew and loved who's no longer alive. Um, and it, it's hard, especially because, like, Sophie is in dangerous situations all the time. And that means a lot of times, like, they're worrying for her safety a lot. So I just feel like if they had had proper, like, grief counseling, um, for when they lost Jolie, they would have been able to navigate, um, their society better, as well as possibly navigate and deal with having Sophie as their daughter now. They also probably need therapy now, just because Sophie is their daughter, and they're probably worrying about her every second of every single day, and whether or not she's going to live. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just want them to be happy. They're like my favorite side characters. They don't deserve any bad things. <laughs> so yeah. That would be Grady and Eveline. That's all I've got for them. Alright. Uh speaking of favorite side characters. <laughs> <laughs> Kenji. I love Kenji. Uh he's like the comedic relief of the series and kind of helped me get through reading it um but i think he uses his humor to diffuse situations mm. <laughs> and uh deflect from talking about himself mm. um that's like i i can think of a character who does that on on keeper but you go you go <laughs> there's, there's so many characters character. yeah and they all need therapy uh, yeah um and plus his parents died when he was younger and so one of the other side characters castle ends up taking him in and like helping him understand his abilities to like turn invisible and you know he become castle becomes his father figure so i thought like trauma focused cbt would be good and like talk therapy to help him address how he uses his humor and kind of process the trauma and the grief because he ends up losing castle ends up dying and so it's like his parents have died twice and that's just that is it's hard mm -hmm. like it's gotta be difficult to like process that so and he's he's also seen people die and like friends and just i think that would he would benefit from that so yeah. <laughs> plus i use i think i use humor <laughs> sometimes to kind of deflect <laughs> oh, yeah. so i can relate <laughs> i mean if you're gonna be traumatized why not be a little funny too Exactly. Like, you gotta get something yeah, right. good out of the situation. Yes. <laughs> so, that's that's what I have for Kenji. Okay. So, I guess uh, I'll talk about... I'll talk about the two characters that honestly probably need the least amount of therapy out of the five, like, kind of main uh, characters. So, I'll start with Dex. Um, Dex is... He's a marshmallow. He's so he's so nice and he kind of is like if you would if he's he's the nerdy best friend kind of um 
Like, at one point, he has a crush on Sophie and all that stuff. It did not go over well. Um, mm-hmm. But they're best friends to the end. And it's so cute. And they're also cousins, technically, now. Uh, because Sophie was adopted. Um, but first off, um, for all the characters I'm going to mention, including Dex, uh, they all need... Uh, I, I said they all need, like, solution-focused brief therapy. Um, so that way they... It's like, you know, they've got that solution-focused because they have problems they need to solve. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I said SFB... SFBT for everyone. <laughs> and then maybe for the adults, they can have, like, task-centered, whatever, TCP as an option, because... But, but more for the adults, because they need to figure out how to manage themselves. <laughs> yeah. Because they're kind of useless. They're sending children to do all the work for them. Maybe they need to see what they can do. But mm-hmm. anyway, Dext. Um... I did CBT. He needs some cognitive behavioral therapy. Because I think cognitive behavioral therapy is a good, like, way to, like, reshape how you think and how you behave. Um, And I think having that could help him with, like, even, like, with with him when he was, when he was, like, that shyer kid. Um, He's not anymore because he's had trauma. So... Like, he also needs therapy to deal with any PTSD he has from being kidnapped and tortured when he was, like, 12. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He need The baby boy needs support, even though he's, like, 16 now. He still needs the support. He, honestly, is the most stable now. I feel like at first he went through a lot, like, being 12 and being kidnapped and tortured. Like, yeah. And if for all of that, he is surprisingly stable, but I still think... I still worry, because you can't see his point of view, but, like, the poor boy probably has some PTSD and tons of anxiety over being kidnapped. Um, so I just think he needs some therapy to help him process what he's been through, um, and really just, like, feel safe again at times, I think, can be a big thing for him, Mm -hmm. for any of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing. I mean, when you decide to have children do all your work for you, they might want to feel safe. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Jury's still out on that one. (laughs) Alright. My turn? Mm Mm-hmm, your turn. Uh, Alright. Let's... Let's swing back over to Adam Kent, who is James' older brother. Whoop. There we go. Alright. Adam, he he likes Juliet. Juliet likes him. And they decide five minutes after meeting each other. No. Um, let, let's, let's be in a relationship. No. She's like, she's like, I'm fresh out of jail. No. Thank you, by the way, for breaking me out. No. Let's, let's be together. Stop. <laughs> no. Oh, honey, if I could. <laughs> okay, so they need therapy for that decision. And Yeah. Well, here's the thing. When she decides that he's too manipulative and he he like wants to be her protector 
So he kind of takes on this persona of telling her what to do Mm. and how to live and like what he thinks is best for her to keep her safe. And I can understand where he's coming from, but he's doing it wrong. <laughs> so when so when she decides, um, this isn't working anymore, and they have this public fight, oh, he gets gosh. so, so angry. And he remains angry for, like, the following two to three books. Um, he was also beaten by his father growing oh. up. So... There's there's some trauma there, and so I think some talk therapy that focuses on his past relationship with Juliet, you know, helping him get over that, <laughs> um, you know, process the trauma, uh, and just therapy that will help him with his anger and his tendencies to be a little manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. I also found this article by Mend, which is like this self-care program that was designed by, not by, but with the help of wellness, mindfulness, and mental health experts. And I thought this was uh, relevant for him. So maybe if he read it, he might um, be able to begin the process of healing. The first step they suggest... um, when it comes to like pro- like going through a breakup is don't carry the baggage of your last relationship into your next one and he does uh he eventually uh starts a relationship with someone else but it's it's one of those like he's always looking over his shoulder at Juliet and it's more oh, of no. like a rebound kind of situation oh. than uh <laughs> so Maybe next time. <laughs> uh, try not to bring bring the past relationship into your next one. Yeah. Second, own what is yours and let go of the rest. Did Juliet handle the situation very well? No. But to be fair, um, she's also going through a lot and was afraid to touch people because she thought she'd kill them. And she, you know, seeing Adam as a safe space and then him kind of taking that away. Um, yeah, I, I can understand why she would lash out. Uh, so uh, I think owning up to his anger uh, and kind of letting go would, would help him. Um, third one, your friends and family aren't as helpful as you think. Um, <laughs> especially not a 10 year old little brother no don't th- don't don't make I, I don't think he ever like gets mad at James unnecessarily over like he best not like he doesn't lash out it's a baby um but <laughs> and it, he finds out in the later books that Aaron Warner is actually his half brother oh <laughs> Who, and Aaron's like, you know, been the antagonist this whole time and has been what Adam thinks. He's Adam thinks that he's been torturing Juliet and, you know, just not being good to her. So I think this doubly applies. <laughs> uh, and lastly, rediscover your identity 
as a single person and learn to love yourself. Adam, uh, I know you're trying, dude, but... <laughs> it there, there were several red flags, one of them being, Hi, I broke you out of jail. Yeah, sure, let's start a relationship right away. Like, ah! Your willingness to throw yourself into a relationship was uh, kind of signals to me that maybe you need to uh, check in with yourself. <laughs> I think you're right, Rose. I think you're right about this one. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate the validation. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Adam's been through a lot and I think... The therapy could also help him come to terms with he has another brother. Yeah, that, which, that's... Yeah. 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 So, it's that's all. It's shocking to find I, out you have siblings. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just one day you don't got them, the next... There's two. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Where'd they come from? Oh. What yeah. a time to be and alive. Then, yeah, you have questions for other people, and it's just... Or, or you don't, because you're six, and you just don't question it. <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> okay, I accept this new reality. I'm six, I don't even barely know why I'm here and who these people are. <laughs> Was that before or after your, like, original, like, contemplating why you're alive? <laughs> <laughs> that was after. Uh, we're talking yeah. about the time when I was four and I was just staring at the love seat like where where is my memories of life how am I here now as a four-year-old like yes yeah yes no I, the, yes. I was six at the time so I was okay. beyond that um okay yeah I didn't really question it I was just kind of brought to a funeral <laughs> and I um. found out I had two siblings <laughs> met a whole other side of the family I didn't know I had yeah so, uh, it was after, um, which may be cause for concern, knowing how I was at four. <laughs> anyway, Brianna's another very stable character in the <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Brianna's another one who's very, very stable. Um, despite the fact that she's been through so much, she's another character, I, I basically gave them all, like, CBT as well as... Um, mm -hmm. SFBT because in SFBT they use like the miracle question so that way you can get like tall goals which is kind of like well like if like things were like perfect what, what, what would what, what would be have changed what would make it perfect and I think that would be important for all of them to answer to be like well what in your life you know changing would be perfect kind of so that way you can see where your goals are what's the main problems versus like what even might be the small problems that you need to work on now um but Brianna also, like, cognitive behavioral therapy, once again, as well. Um, for PTSD, once again, she is one of the few characters who um, was, like, physically... She was one of the first few characters, actually, who was, like, physically hurt. Um, mm. She was pushed into a mirror, which then shattered oh. and cut her all over. Oh. So she has scars. Um mm. So, her and Dex probably need, like, the least amount of therapy, but they're also one of the few characters that qualify for possibly having... I guess all of them... Actually, all of them I put might have PTSD, but, like, 
she directly encountered one of the main villains, got shoved into a um, mirror, and essentially sat in a pool of her own blood for a moment. So, oh, maybe, you know, I feel like she's one of the first contenders to possibly be uh, suffer from PTSD. She's also um, one of the most proactive uh, characters, so I feel like therapy for her would be very helpful with, like, it would work well with just who she is as a person and wanting to, like, be prepared and, like, see the different things as well. So, yeah. I think therapy would help her a lot. I think she would literally become the most stable person in the entire series if she had therapy. Huh. There you go. Yeah. That's all I've got for Brianna, though. Brianna? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Who who do I want to save? <laughs> I feel <laughs> for like last. you should leave. Okay, I feel like the main character should be left for last, but also like, is Aaron more interesting? In my like, you know. Yeah. Mm, no, I think Juliet. I think I'm more mad at Juliet, so I'll <laughs> leave her for last. <laughs> no, 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 Rose, you need therapy after reading about Juliet. <laughs> Honestly. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so. Aaron Warner. Um, he had the same father as uh, Adam. So he too was beaten by his father. Um, and yet doesn't have the same anger issues or manipulative tendencies. He actually happens to be very mild-mannered and a cinnamon roll. Well, I mean, that um, seems to go with the different ways people can cope with the things. Yeah. Some people might be angry at the abuse. Some people might become people pleasers and worry about being abused yeah. again. Hoo-hoo! <laughs> that's very true. Um, yeah, so that's just, yeah, it just goes to show, like, we all cope differently. Um, he kind of classifies himself as someone who... He looks bad. He looks evil. But that's just... It's just circumstance. Looks like he could and kill you as a cinnamon roll. Yeah. <laughs> he he has an excuse. Every It's just everyone is misunderstanding him and writing him off as, like, the bad guy. And to be fair, he looks like a pretty bad guy for the first two books. <laughs> <laughs> he... And I've ranted about it before, so I don't know if I should get into it again. But really what gets me, and I gotta say it again, is when he puts Juliet through a simulation where he dresses her in skimpy clothes, and then there's like, he like throws her into her room, and there's like, it becomes a dangerous situation for this random child toddler that she sees and she's so afraid to go and save him because if she touches him she will kill him and to put her through that that's kind of rude is like i'm sorry but what were you trying to accomplish all you did was further traumatize this poor girl and then later he's like, oh, well, you know, 
I have a reason for the skimpy clothes. And I was only trying to show you you could never hurt that child that's not in your nature. It's like, you could have gone about it a different way. <laughs> Ugh. And also, like James, he finds out later that he can absorb powers from other people. So, like, acquire their powers. So, I feel like this, I picked out trauma-focused CBT to uh, help with his good old PTSD. Um, and I also figure, like, talk therapy will help him, like... not have a big ego because <laughs> he's not only utterly attractive as every character likes to point out he's just so sexy but also <laughs> the fact that he can just touch a person and like if he touches kenji kenji then like boom he can become invisible whenever he wants if he touches juliet like he can just touch people and hurt them and like, that gives him an immense amount of power. And so I think therapy would help guide him away from a potentially self-destructive path. <laughs> and help him get over his trauma. Or at least process it. Yeah. So. I'm sure I could go on <laughs> and on about Aaron Warner. And also, like... He's also, too, finding out about James and Adam. And he, ha he has two brothers all of a sudden now. So I think I therapy get it, would Aaron, help I him. get it. Yeah. You, you understand him. Yeah. In this regard. <laughs> yeah, in the siblings part. Not, not, nothing else. Nope, nope. I'm not going to align myself <laughs> with that man any more than I have to. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope, sorry. Nope. <laughs> So yeah, that's what that's what I have to say about Aaron. <laughs> hmm. I've got three characters left. And they just so happen to be the love triangle. Well, who do I talk <gasps> oh. about first? Do I talk about a character I defended previously? Oh? I think I do. I think I'll talk about so I'm gonna yeah. talk about Fitz. I've defended this man before because he has anger management issues. Because he has trauma. Lots and lots of trauma. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he also has plenty of trust issues because his brother, who he used to look up to a lot, actually turned out to be a really bad dude. And along with all of his trauma at some point, he does threaten to kill his brother. And then his brother actually dies. And it's just... It's a whole bunch of stuff. And... Fitz is constantly being told, you're just like the rest of like them, of the backers. You're you'll you're the one that's gonna carry on the backer legacy, and it's not a good thing. But no one will tell him what it is. And so, honestly, I think he mostly needs like solution-focused brief therapy, because then he can like. I think if you just give him a goal to work on, he can have something to funnel his energy into instead of possibly feeling lost and then acting out in anger. Because mm -hmm. Brianna is the one who's currently looking into the Vacker legacy, but I think if Fitz help al helped along with her, it would hasten the, pro the progress they make 
about finding out what it is. And then having the answer to what it is can help him in order to see, like, what he might need to try and avoid or what he needs to work on so that he doesn't become, or does become, if whether it's good or bad, although it's supposed to be bad. So I think it's, like, he just needs to not be lost. He needs to have power over something. And I think that's part of what leads him to, like, threaten his his brother. Like, he doesn't trust his brother has turned to the good side, or that he's actually lost his memory for the period of time. And so when it comes down to it, he is seemingly willing to physically harm his brother because... I don't think he- I think that's the one thing he feels he can have control over. Right. So, I think he really needs, like, and even talk therapy to, like, help him understand, like, the underlying prompt, like, causes that, um, are causing him to react in anger. And, you know, that could be through talk therapy and then having, you know, like, person-centered therapy as well, which is where, um... It's kind of like CBT, but, like, a little less. It's kind of, I think it's a mix kind of between, like, talk therapy and CBT, where it's not quite either of those, but it's a bit of, like, working on the person and what they want to know and stuff like that. Um, And then I think he probably has PTSD as well after everything he's been through. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, it wouldn't be surprising knowing... Like, it wouldn't be surprising if his anger is coming from a place of, like, he has post-traumatic stress and it's causing him to react in these ways in order to protect himself and those he loves from harm. So that's what I have for Fitz. The boy I will never stop defending because they need to let him be angry and get him therapy. (laughs) <laughs> he needs it. Alright. Should I talk about Juliet? You can. I've got one more and then you can go and then we could both end on main characters. Do you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. That sounds okay. good. So I'm going to talk about Kifei next. And um, I'm going to get angry when I talk about Kifei. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it's because... Everyone loves Kifei. Oh, they all love Kifei. And I love Kifei! But I'm irritated that everyone else loves Kifei, and they kind of write fits off, and then pour all the love and praise on Kifei. Because it is kind of a love triangle. Fitz and Kifei are best friends. Fitz liked Sophie first, and Sophie liked Fitz first. Um, Sophie doesn't really have any feelings that she knows of for Kifei at the moment, but I do believe that they're in there. And I think Kifei knows it as well. Um... And it's implied as well that they're there. Um, and it, it's just, it's a whole thing. But Kifei likes her and he feels bad constantly for liking her. And all of this stuff. Um, but be, Fitz, Fitz's anger issues. So it sets up for Sophie and Fitz to be a, a love interest. Um, and then Fitz's anger issues are what get in the way and drive the wedge as well as his impatience and other things. And then it's Everyone turns to Kifei because Kifei actually cares about Sophie and yada 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 and he would accept her for all of these things, yada yada yada. And Fitz is being stupid. And I don't think Fitz is perfect, but I don't think Mr. F- literally runs away from all of his problems any better. 
Yeah. Like, literally, he runs away from all of his problems. Literally. <laughs> when the next book comes out, Kifei probably will not be in it. Because in the novella, in the 8.5 book, Kifei runs away. I feel like it just, he needs therapy just, because he plays the victim. Mm, mm-hmm. And he is a victim, but goodness gracious Lord. He has tons of trauma. His dad did not care for him the way Kifei needed to be cared for. His mother technically did science experiments and put on him and put memories in his brain and took memories out of his brain. And at the end of the eighth book, um, she unlocked a new ability in him or whatever the heck. Um, so yeah, and his mother has been manipulating him from like day one, essentially. Like since his, he was born, it feels like, it seems as if she has been manipulating him. Hmm. But here's the thing. You can't look at Kifei's mother and not say the Black Swan did the exact same thing with Sophie Foster. The main character. Yeah. But for Kifei, um, he's a really good artist, and there's a point in the 8.5 books where you see a journal as well as some art he did. So, he's a very talented artist, um, and so art therapy is probably the way to go to help him work his things out, because that's part of what the journal is there for. It's not really there for therapy, it's there to help him unlock any memories that might be stuck inside of his head, um, that his mom tried to erase or repress. Um, so he does that to try and see if anything gets unrepressed and he, you know, it's like, oh, we'll set a memory. Um, but like that, to like, put his talent to work against his trauma. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy, probably talk therapy. Um... MBCT. Oh, what is that? Because I put that down. Oh, that's just mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. And I think he needs to be that. I think he needs to be mindful of how he feels because I think he does play- which this plays into uh, CBT as well. But like, just being aware of what you're thinking and how, you know, maybe thinking you're the villain or you're the bad guy constantly doesn't help those around you or yourself. Mm. Um, because his mother is an antagonist. He often feels like he's an antagonist and has to prove himself. And so at one point he literally runs away to join the antagonist group to try and like gain intel and like give it back to Sophie. But that doesn't work out at all. <laughs> Because they don't trust him. Because they shouldn't have. So he just, he's an utter mess and needs all the therapy to help him. That's what I wrote. Because he, he <laughs> literally runs away from all of his problems. Um, and it's, it's annoying. Fair. And, uh, yeah, it just, people like to point all these problems at Fitz when, like, Fitz just needs therapy. They all need therapy. Kifi needs therapy. So stop talking about how great he is because he literally ran away from all of his problems. And there's even a moment in 8.5 in the novella, at the very end of the novella, where he's leaving. And he runs into Sophie's dad. He runs into Grady. And 
he's not talking at this point either. He refuses to speak because anytime he speaks, like, it does something to people. Like, he can kind of, like, order them to, like, stop. And they'll literally physically stop. Oh. Yeah. So, he's not speaking, so he, like, writes Sophie a note, basically, saying that he's going to go hide now so his mom can't get to him. And so that way he can't cause any harm to anyone either. And he runs into Grady, and even Grady, who doesn't really like Kifei because he does tend to encourage Sophie to be a little bit more reckless than everyone would like her to be, um, is like, she's gonna need you. And Kifei just kind of can't do anything about that, and he still leaves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's Kifei. He just needs therapy. Yeah. I can understand, like, wanting to get away from your problems, but that is, uh... I mean, everyone can understand wanting to get away from your problems. I can understand it. But you're you're honestly hurting yourself more than helping others. Mm-hmm. And if he could have proper therapy, he would know how to properly cope and would not need to run away from his problems and thus mm-hmm. hurt himself and others in the process. Right. Uh, silly Kifei. He is the comedic really. He's also the character that, like, will um, cover up his trauma with humor. <laughs> him, him and Kenji. Kenji would get along. Oh, I'm sure they would. They both have K names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> My last character. Juliet Ferrars. She's the main character of the Shatter Me series, and we see everything from her perspective. All right. So, turns out that she was her original name is actually Ella Somers. And she has a sister, Emmeline, who she finds out like late finds out about late in the series. And her sister Emmeline was discovered to be the very first unnatural. And these are just the people with powers. So their parents decide to give up both Emmeline and Ella slash Juliet to this scientific research place called the reestablishment and (laughs) um basically they use the two girls to just experiment and see what's going on um All right, so that's that's already, like, not the best origin story. (laughs) Then, then, Then her memories are erased, and she is sent to her adoptive parents, who, uh, you know, they they take care of her from age 5 to 14, um, except, like, her, 
her adoptive father would keep her locked in her room and her mother her mother would just scream things at her like you're an abomination and (sighs) i can't believe i was forced to raise you oh yeah um i guess she wrote in her journal on her sixth birthday that her adoptive mother put her hand in a fire once just to see if it was a regular hand and if it would burn. Oh. Just just six years old. Then she, when she was 14, this, this is what kicks things off. She accidentally kills a little boy in a grocery store because her touch is lethal. And Not something she could have predicted. Yes. Um, she thinks her touch killed him, but she was just helping him and he tripped when he was, he tripped and fell. And it was because of like, his mother had put a chain collar around his neck and that was like the actual cause of his death. So what? Yeah, I guess that that's what that was. (laughs) People, these people are not okay. Who keeps their little boy on a chain? So this whole time she thinks like she killed him, but it's actually like he got choked out by this collar that his mom put on him. Oh. Yeah. So the people are like, "You're a child killer," and throw her in jail. And that. <laughs> and that that's where we meet her. At the at the very in the beginning of the first book, she's like, "I've been in jail for two hundred sixty four days." Ah, so she's like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, like fifteen. Oh fifteen. Yeah, I think fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Um, I could go in to things. I could go into so many things, but I have a four, so I'll let it rest. <laughs> um so yeah she has a very traumatic past and uh eventually later in the book she she learns to control her powers and um it she can start touching people and receive you know affection through that way i guess so I thought CBT and exposure therapy for touch might be good. Um, which kind of already happens through the books, like when she finds out that she can control her powers, which she doesn't find out through like she's been training and she can learn to adjust her powers. No, it's like one day. A, a switch flips and all of, she can just touch people and not hurt them. So, yeah. I know I keep rambling and going off, but this, this she makes me so angry. No, you're completely fine. <laughs> I've got a lot of ground to cover when I get to Sophie. Main characters are a lot of work. They need a lot of therapy. Yeah, they are. And honestly, I get it. I get why she is the way that she is because like, there's a lot that went on. I mean, like, sticking her hand in the fire, yeah. that is not 
cool. No. And thinking you've killed someone because you touched them, that would shatter your psyche. Oh, yeah. So, I, I get it. And also, like, throwing herself into a relationship with Adam, and then decide... And she can see through Adam's anger and decides that is no longer for her, which I think is probably one of the healthiest decisions she makes throughout the entire series. Um, but yeah, therapy would help with that. And also then proceeding to throw herself into a relationship with uh, Aaron, even though uh, he... Yeah, doesn't I've have great excuses. He does not great have great no, excuses he, for his actions. He doesn't. He really doesn't. <laughs> so maybe she's a little too quick to forgive. <laughs> or forget. <laughs> that feels like a really for- self-sabotaging or self-destructive move to get into a relationship mm-hmm. with someone like Aaron. Yeah. And then... She just decides to make herself, like, I don't even think the queen of the world, but she decides, I'm going to be the leader of this rebel group, and I'm going to take over the world, and just (laughs) try to make things right, (laughs) which I think is... it likely comes from a good place, but You're I don't 15. think she should. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, she should not be Go the one making school. any. Yeah. <laughs> right. You even Go know back how to, do to school. Math. Uh, can you can you read? <laughs> so yeah, that that is Juliet slash Ella. Well, and that—that's all I got. So. <laughs> well. Well. You have Juliet slash Ella, and I have Sophie. Hmm. Sophie. Probably has all of the PTSD. Let Let's do a rundown of what happens a lot of times. Um, in the first book. She's whisked away from her family, who then have have to have their memory, all their memories of her erased, so they don't remember her, is thrown into an entirely new world where some of the people in power don't like her already. And all she's done is exist. She questions if her adoptive parent's daughter could be her biological mother. She figures out how her adoptive parent's daughter actually died and how she was murdered by her fiance. She then has to work against being attacked by said fiance. That's not not to mention in the first book um, she's kidnapped. They frame it to make it look like she drowned accidentally so everyone thinks she's dead and no one's really coming to help her. She's tortured for information that she couldn't possibly know at the moment. She's the reason that one of the that a side character uh, was his his mind was broken. Like telepaths went into his mind, searched through all of his stuff, and when they do it like that, it breaks their mind. So, yeah, he's currently in exile, which is like 
the center of the earth, it seems like, and, you know, brain dead, essentially, living in a world of constantly shifting imagination in his own head, unable to think outside in reality. Um, and she's kind of responsible for that, which means she's also kind of responsible for that person's son being orphaned. Um, let's see, at some point, um, oh, the black swan has her do all of this different stuff, which turns out to be illegal, and then she gets in trouble for it almost every time, even though she didn't know it was illegal, she was doing what this rebel group told her to do. And then she finds out that rebel group created her. And then, <laughs> what? And then there's also this thing where she can also heal people's minds. So she goes to heal, the council makes her go and heal their old bestie, um, who used to be on the council but is no longer. And they're like, you have to do this, even though she doesn't really want to do it. And when she does it, the person ends up setting a fire to the place, which causes the, pl the building that they're in to break apart and kind of melt and causes the death of one of the more beloved counselors. Oh. <laughs> Sophie goes through many uh, injuries in her life as well and ends up in the, um, her, so she, Elwyn is like the medic there. Um, he's like the school nurse. She ends up in the nurse, like the nurse's office so often that like, he's like, this is the soapy place. <laughs> yeah um uh, what else is there because there's hmm. more there's more there's more oh yeah her family her human family that is gets kidnapped and tortured and then she has to save them and also deal with the fact that for a period of time she doesn't know where they are and that she doesn't have any leads so she actually can't do anything oh my gosh yeah um, what else is there? Let's see. Um, yeah, she ends up getting, goodness, uh, what have I named and what have I not named? Because I just kept going for a while, didn't I? Because <laughs> there's so much to cover. Um, she was attacked and spent, like, probably what felt like months, um, in the nurse's office essentially she got expelled she got expelled from the school foxfire and technically when you're expelled from foxfire you're also like expelled from like anywhere that elves are settled and have community so she basically Ooh. was supposed to go live out in the wilderness essentially um she was like 14 or 15 i think Yeah. She thought one of her best friends turned to the enemy's side. Um, at one point, she went to, like, this place, I can't remember what it is, for this really big meeting that they wanted her to be a part of. Um, and then there was, like, an earthquake, and the castle collapsed. And she nearly died along with Edeline. Or Edeline. Oh. Yeah. Oh, one time... Grady and Edeline were attacked while she wasn't there and if it weren't for a dinosaur getting out and deciding to eat a bunch of ogres, they would have died. Mm. Yeah. Um. She saw her best friend uh, 
I don't know. She can't hurt like cute. Like she saw one of her best friends like get um. I don't know. This is when like. Uh, like when like Kipe's mom like did the thing to like give him a new ability or whatever that's never been done before. So that was a traumatic mm -hmm. experience where like he was, everyone was like stuck and like couldn't get to him. Like someone stopped him somehow. Um. Yeah. Um. She died, and chose it. She chose that. Um. By choosing the pill that uh, stopped her heart. Mm. Oh, she found out that one of the other beloved counselors on on the council, one of the other beloved counselors, was actually her mother and had been, her biological mother, and had been lying to her from the entire time that she had been there. Um, and, you know, was never able to help her or comfort her or be there for her in the way that a mother, that, that a kid would want their mother to be there for her. And basically abandoned her in many senses and was just extremely selfish. And she can't tell anyone that because if she tells anyone anyone that, then that counselor will be kicked off the council. But if that person gets kicked off the council, it's a really hard blow to the council. So she can't tell anyone. Which means that even though she's been together with Fitz for probably like a week, they break up because she can't tell him. And she decided to stop looking for her parents altogether because of that. And... It kind of breaks her a little bit, I think, because that's a really hard blow to take. And then, at some point, she also lights a building on fire. And everyone's like, that was a little much, Sophie, except for the one person who's kind of like her mentor in life, um, Mr. Forkle, and he's like, fair play to you. And I'm like, you're a terrible human being, sir. Why did you create her? <laughs> Your brother deserves to be dead. Yeah, for real. So Sophie needs a lot of grief-focused CBT because I feel like she's been through, like, she feels respons responsible for the people that have died um, while she's been there. So she feels really bad about that. Um, uh, the solution-focused brief therapy. Um, PCT can also, I think that, what was that again? Oh, lovely. It's, I can't find it. I can't recall what it is. Person-centered therapy. Oh, yeah. So, person-centered therapy, I think, would be good. I, she probably has PTSD. Um, she needs therapy, so she'll stop blaming herself. <laughs> yeah, because she blames herself for, like, every problem that happens. Because mm -hmm. she feels like she's the cause of it. Um, but she's not. She's just the child that all the adults decided to put all of their hopes and fears and responsibilities into so they wouldn't actually have to do any work. And now they're making her do everything, despite the fact that she's literally a child. Yeah. So, yeah, Sophie... I feel like... I feel like for all of them, like, I chose the solution, uh, focus brief therapy because I want them to solve their problems that way they can get out on the other side of them because it's hard to deal with things when you're, you're in the midst of a problem. So I want them all to get out of, like, the current predicament that they're in, but I, like, they also need so much help, like, Sophie probably needs, like, CBT as well, so that way she can just, like, change the way she thinks and stop blaming herself for everything and stuff like that just yeah they all need so much help and they're they're 
their children. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, Julia is 15. 15. That, yeah, that, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's how I feel about Julia. Like, she'd been through it. And I know I didn't get, didn't even get everything. Yeah. This is, these are the, the highlights of the lows. <laughs> <laughs> the highlights of the lows. I like that. Not for Juliet, though. I don't like that for her. No. But that was the start of the, like, if only they had therapy series, like, talking about, like, Mm -hmm. what kind of therapy the characters would benefit from, and, you know, possibly how, you know, they they could just be a little more stable and happy and fulfilled with themselves after everything they've been through. Because that's what we want for them. That's all we want at the end. We really do want only the best for the characters, no matter how frustrating they can be. (laughs) (sighs) So true. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. Remember to check out our Instagram to see updates and new episodes and book reviews and whatever we throw on in there. But, But as as for now, now, we gotta book it. it.